What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all fit. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome in to episode number 100 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host, Jesse Taylor, and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. And Jess, I cannot believe that this is episode number 100. We started this back when SB Nation reached out to us and Bleeding Green Nation reached out to us back in September. Well, I guess it was August of 2019. We started yeah. in September of 19. And even just doing our basic intro right there, Sam Stafford and Jesse Taylor. Like we, I started as Sam Wilson. You started as Jesse town. Yep. We have literally, we started as strangers and now we were next to each other. When the other got engaged, we were part of each other's engagement. Yep. Part of each other's story. engagement. We were uh, next to each other as we got married. How did, I was part of your engagement. You jerk. I was supposed to get Sam to go get her nails done for her engagement, and she refused to go with me. And so she had, she had, they weren't that bad. <laughs> but like, no, they weren't terrible. But it's actually, so yeah, it's so funny. The it's so fact- funny now because that that just came up because that happened three years ago, like the other day. So yeah, and it's hilarious because even in the memory, like you could see my nails, <laughs> and like I didn't care because I think in it too, I was just like my fault. Like, I'm sorry for <laughs> bailing on Jess. Anyway, yes. Part of each other's engagements continue. You were doing so Yeah. Right and then now. we were in each other's weddings. We were by each other when like we got dogs and added dogs to our families. Mm-hmm. When we bought houses. Well, yep. I got my house. You bought your house. <laughs> um, move into apartments. And then our little baby on Broad made her grand entrance this year baby too. Like we've Broad. literally in these past, what, three or four Eagle seasons have been through so much with each other and like became truly like best friends from this podcast. And obviously we couldn't have made it this far without everybody that decides to listen to us. I don't know whether they're criticizing us or if they think we're funny or if they truly just value our sports opinions, which I hope is the case. But um, it's really just so cool because we couldn't do any of this without them. Because obviously, if we weren't getting listeners, we wouldn't be here still. 
Yeah. If people weren't listening to us, we would definitely not still be here. And whether it <laughs> is to listen to us just to you know crap all over us, that's fine. Because at the end of the day, that still is a check mark in the listen department for us. On our end. <laughs> but no, we've had so many awesome people. And I think, you know, one of the most exciting things for us that we've had and that we've definitely talked about and we've seen is, you know, it's, it's hard to be a a woman in this business, right? Like oh, it's yeah. hard to be a woman who talks about sports. It's hard to be a woman involved in sports in any capacity. Um, and one to, you know, achieve a level of respect just on a basic level is, is awesome. But also, you know, we've talked to a lot of you know, dads who have put us on in the car for their young daughters. And we've talked to other like women and little girls that have heard us and listened to us. And, you know, that's also what's really important. And some of those different interactions that we've had have been really special throughout the last couple of years. And, you know, I even forgot, like we went back and listened to a bunch of our episodes over the last week to just like pull out some stuff to do some fun posts and things like that. But like, we used to get so many like mean tweets at us. We used to read, <laughs> we had a segment. Tweets. And we don't do that anymore because people don't, don't harass us like they used to, which it, is fine, by the way. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> no, but just just on that point, like you're so right. And it's been an awesome platform for us because that was one of the things that we came in here. Like we were both part of the reason why we were reached out to by Bleeding Green Nation and SV Nation was because both of us had good social media followings and both of us were very opinionated. Yeah, And that's why this platform was so awesome because so many times you do see females finally getting a chance in this world but then when they are given a platform they still have boundaries right. and that's one thing I'm very thankful for is SB Nation Bleeding Green Nation were truly just like hey you guys have this platform to literally talk football we didn't have to talk about what's happening in the football world who's dating you know what I mean and like that was one thing that we wanted to we could no, exactly. And but that's the thing is like we wanted this to be able to break down the game and talk football and prove that females know football. Yeah. And I think that is one of the best things about this show is with the evaporation, I'll call it, of the mean tweet segment. Like, yeah. I think not only did we prove our point because we had nothing to prove to anybody because we knew we knew what we were talking about, but just the fact that it allowed people to see that we did know what we were talking about. Yeah. And it's, an, you know, and we not even just from that side of things, we've still, you know, interacted with so many different people, so many different listeners. We've got, you know, like, you know, Twitter friends are a real thing and, and social yeah. media friends are a real th thing. And, and we have so many awesome people that tune in every week and follow us and have you know, purchased our merchandise and have come to our different, you know, whether it's our pregame shows that we used to host during in the heart of the pandemic, when you couldn't tailgate, you couldn't go yeah. to football games. Like forgot about that. We went through a pandemic together. We went through a pandemic together. Like, you know, we, we've had so many awesome committed listeners and we're so thankful that we've had some people that have been with us since episode one, when again, we went back and listened, we were terrible. <laughs> we were not good. These episodes were not good. And we, I'd like to think we've improved. Yeah, uh, same. <laughs> and, you know, our, our chemistry is obviously improved because we were strangers, really, when we started this. And we had, we were just social media friends at that point. We were mm -hmm. just Twitter follows that we had, you know, chatted here and there. But, 
you know, we've become really good friends through all of this. And, you know, we've been, we've been on crazy, we've been on bachelorette trips together. One of us didn't know we were pregnant. (laughs) Oops. Um, To be, to be fair too, I was the one that knew before you knew, I think, because you were in denial and I was like, she's definitely pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. I had a full fledged panic attack in Nashville and (laughs) Sam Sam and all of her, I'm the bride glory was like, maybe you're pregnant. I was like, no, no, I'm just having a panic attack. And I was pregnant. Um, But yeah, I mean, we've, we've come so far. And so we just want to start off by obviously celebrating that and saying thank you to everyone who started with us day one. Thank you to everyone who has joined us midway through and has continued with us. And hopefully we get to keep doing this through a, you know, through February. In a yeah. good, in a good place through, through, well, we'll babes on Broadway will continue beyond February, but you know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? Say like that. fun breakdowns. Fun uh, breakdowns. February, but happiness. just to show our appreciation, everybody, we are going to be doing what well, we are doing a yeah. 100th episode giveaway. So everybody listening now, um, what is the date? So this is coming out the 27th. So the giveaway is live on Instagram. Um, you'll just go to our Instagram at babes on broad and you'll see the giveaway and it'll have the steps of how to enter. Very simple. Um, it's going to be a beanie and a t-shirt, just some babes on broad swag for you. Um, it'll tell you on the post how to enter. And that's going to be up from Friday, the 27th to at midnight on Sunday, Sunday into Monday, into Monday. So yes, that's how I didn't know how to phrase that. So thank you. Just so, because that always trips me up. That eleven fifty nine due date or due time in college always. Yeah. Used to yeah. So. So we'll say until eleven fifty nine p.m. on the 29th, which is Sunday. So just so everybody knows, go check it out on Instagram, and it's really easy to enter. Just. Just doing something to show our appreciation, like I said. And one thing, Jess, we just went over everything that we've been through personally and with our fans. But another thing we did not mention is the fact that we have been through it all with this Philadelphia, not even Philadelphia Eagles team, but Philadelphia sports as a whole. And we're on the up and up right now. This is something we should have done. Let's pull it up. Let's let's try to pull it up top of our head. Ready? What are some of the lowest of the low points we have been through as Philadelphia sports fans since Babes on Broad started? Oh, number one has to be the QB controversy. QB, so yeah, we've been through a- That was taxing. We've been through a uh, Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Yep. We have been through a head coaching search. Yep. We've been through several offensive coordinators. (laughs) Um, Let's see, what else is it in the rest of the world? We've been through a Ben Simmons. Yep. Um, We have been through a Gabe Kapler getting fired. And, and Joe Girardi and already getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I know. We've been through a lot. We've been a through a lot. lot. In a, in, we've been through a, we've been through, I, we've been through a, a, a bubble NBA playoff yep. with, with an Al Horford who, who was literally limping up and down the floor and all of a sudden decided he wanted to return to himself in a Celtic uniform again. I'm still not we've, over that. And I don't we've think been I- through the Sixers not getting through the second round when they've had quote unquote elite championship teams for what back to back years now. Yeah. We've been through Just a lot. There've been three some- years. I don't yeah. know. And, and yeah, I, and I think the Eagle, the, I mean, the football part of it is the most significant, right? Yeah. That's been this because 
I got into, I sort of fell backwards into this industry coming out of college. And it happened to, you know, I graduated college and it was the year that the Eagles went on their Super Bowl run. It was my first year out of college working. And I started doing social media admin for just a different, another, another beat site. And that's sort of how I got involved in this. So I came into this right off a of Super Bowl. So right off a of Super Bowl, <laughs> there was a year in between where Carson Wentz hurt his back and Nick Foles came in and saved the day again. And they were an Alshon Jeffrey Butterfingers away from probably going back to the Super Bowl. And then that's when we started. So we have been through like the highest high, the lowest, lowest, lowest low, 411 and one quarterback controversy, uh, not eliminated from playoff contention until uh, with four wins until like week, what, 12, something that season. And now we have a man who should be a coach of the year finalist. We'll talk about a man who probably won't win the MVP because of, you know, injury, quote unquote injury. Uh, we'll talk about it. Um, a, you know, a defensive coordinator who has managed to pull it together after a year and a half of, you know, the entire city wanting his ass fired. Yeah. And, you know, and, and a guy who just was named the executive of the year who created all of the issues. Yes. But has, done an unbelievable job setting that ego aside from winning a Super Bowl and revamping this roster and pulling it back together to the spot where they are about to compete for a chance to play in the Super Bowl at home on Sunday. Like just the roller coaster of emotions. I don't like roller coasters for this reason. We had entire seasons of shows where it was, we talked about the same thing and it was miserable to sit down and record <laughs> because it was just the same sad stuff. We would sit in my apartment with like a phone recording and we'd be like, oh, look, it's the same show sheet again. <laughs> oh, look, we're talking about the same thing again. We told you when we were going through our episodes, I'm like flipping through and I'm like, okay, yep. Drops, get bad defense, drop the ball. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. Episode 12, 13. Run the ball, please. <laughs> Run the ball. The offensive line is good. Why are we why are we doing this? Why are why is Miles Sanders on the side? Why is this happening? Oh, look, more drops. Oh, look, another drop. Should this person still be here? Does this person hate Carson Wentz? Oh, look, another drop. Like, oh my God. It was it took years off my life. Jess, wanna know what just thinking about all of this has really brought to my mind what the yes it's been a roller coaster and a complete 360 now from where we started Mm -hmm. but the best part about it is the Giants and the Cowboys are basically at exactly where they (laughs) when we started (laughs) there's no difference (laughs) (laughs) no obviously they were better this year the whole division as a whole was better as the NFC East but they still Eagles though (laughs) So with that being said, the Eagles absolutely dominated, dominated 38 to seven. And Jess, when that game started 
And Jalen Hurts passed, like, threw down the field to Devontae Smith. It was, like, what, the first play of the game? And he hit him. Right then, I was just, like, arms up in the bar I was in. And I was like, this is beautiful. He was open, open. Like, not just a little, how, he was that open to start the game. And it was after the second touchdown, when they went up 14, nothing, Joe looked at me and goes, I have a question, but I'm scared to ask it. I said, don't, don't, (laughs) don't. And then when it was 28, nothing at halftime, he goes, can I ask the question now? And I said, yeah, I I trust them going in the second half. He goes, is this about to be an absolute route? And I said, "Uh, yeah, really? (laughs) Yeah. Look at this. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. And, you know, all those people talk, oh, you, the, giant, it, the Giants are the team to beat, team to watch. You should be scared right now. But, oh, please. I will say, I was, I, I was a little, um, not nervous, because both of us thought that they were going to win, and they, like, knew that they were going to win, I should say. But, I thought it was um, be competitive. yeah, that's, like, I was, like, a little nervous going into it just because we had so many guys that were coming off of injury to at the end of the regular season, and then they had that week off, and they didn't look great in that final game of the season. So that was more where my hesitation was. It wasn't had nothing to do with the Giants, but it was just that as a whole. And I will say, like, watching that game, I feel very good going in about us, about our what we can control going into this game this week. But let's break down this game a little bit more. Obviously, we could just run through it. Like, the Eagles – Obs absolutely dominated. They looked great, clearly. How could you not look great when you beat a team in the playoffs 38 to 7? A rival in the playoffs 38 a rival to 7. Who has already won a game. Yes. Coming off of like a good game. Yeah. And, and they just completely stole everything from underneath. They, they I just I think the, the the I mean the the Eagles were extremely extremely adequately prepared. Yeah. And there's no way that they were completely prepared and they executed exactly as they were supposed to. And it came down to, you know, all of the little things, right? Like one of the things that I noticed this week was the Eagles posted a picture or uh, a series of pictures and videos of their like blocking and they weren't posting pictures of their linemen blocking. And that's, what's important. So it was all Mm -hmm. these guys doing the little things. And, you know, I know there was, I was at the game, so I didn't see all this mess happen on TV with like AJ Brown and like the whatever it was that was sort of being talked about of him, like looking frustrated or whatever. Like, of course he mm. wants the ball. Like, yeah, he, he's a receiver. They all want the ball. But at the end of the day, like he's the reason Devonte Smith scored on that touchdown because of the blocking. He was like, you're a hundred million dollar receiver. Your star receiver is still out there blocking. Not even just like throwing a block here. Like, that is a crucial block that he held all the way through that allowed that touchdown to happen. And it's all those little things that they are just such a well-coached team that as long as they go out and execute and they focus on those details, they're they're They can win any game. No, I agree a hundred percent. And that is, um, one thing I I don't want to like get too excited and start talking about this week because that's what I'm 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 doing and I don't want to. Um, I will say I'll add a, a separate note from that because you're exactly right. But um, it's comical to me the people that want to try to look for something bad 
to talk about. It's more so obviously the national media and stuff because Philly, we actually watched the game. We know what we were watching. We saw everything play out. But the people that wanted to go and say that Jalen Hurts, oh, like he's trash, like it wasn't because of him that they won. He only had 140 passing yards. And like try to make that seem like it was a thing. It just it, it makes me so mad because, like I said, you can clearly see the people that watch the game from the people that just look at the stats. When yep. you're leading by that much, why are you anybody so- that knows football, why would you decide to pass when you have that great a 28 to nothing lead at halftime? Why would you make your quarterback have to pass like that? Why Anybody. Anything that could remotely put him in harm's way. In harm's way. And at that point, just get the game freaking over with. Let the clock run. Like that is literally football 101. And it, but it just shows how many people are so against Philly that they literally pick against pick apart anything. And the people that just look at stats and don't know the game. But that know, was one thing. That's fine. Right? Do that. They'll never learn. We'll I like being slept on. We will continue to be slept on. We will continue to be disrespected. And then everyone's going to be salty as all hell when that Lombardi is back in Philadelphia. And we're having the best party of our lives on Broad Street. So, you know what? And that's and that's a thing. Like, you know, should Nick Sirianni be a coach of the year finalist? Absolutely. Does, does Brian Dable deserve to win coach of the year? Of course he does. Um, there's no, there's nothing to take away from any of the other finalists that mm-hmm. they don't deserve to be there. But if you can tell me why they do and Nick Sirianni doesn't, then you can't explain that. You can't tell me that Nick Sirianni doesn't, wh- why he shouldn't be in that conversation. Because yeah. I, I understand, oh, well, Brian Dable took a four-win team to the playoffs in his first year. Okay. Nick Sirianni did that last year. Next question. Like that's Jess, I agree a hundred percent. I think that he absolutely deserves to be a finalist. I don't think that he deserves to win it because there were um fantastic coaches around the league. I would even argue that yep. Dougie P should 100%. win it over um Nick Sirianni. Absolutely. Yeah, and I don't agree with that at all. And I don't think anybody would. But the fact that he's not a finalist, there's there there's no logic behind that there. I agree. You know, but at the end of the day. Does he care if he gets to have a coach of the year trophy? No, he wants the Lombardi trophy. What and Jess, we know, we know the Philly mentality and we know this team. This was the best thing that could have come out this week. All the national media that want to, dude, Craig Carton, he has the morning show at FS1 now, literally had the audacity all week to. I'm pretty sure he just said it because he kind of is like trying to backdoor give Philly like motivation literally had the audacity to rank the final four quarterbacks. I don't get me wrong. I understand, especially with Jalen only winning one um, playoff game and he, him being injured at the end of the season. I understand putting Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow ahead of Jalen hurts right now, but he had the audacity to put freaking Brock Purdy ahead of Jalen hurts. Like the disrespect that this team is getting. And then this on top of it, Aggressive. The disrespect is aggressive. At this point, it, it's it's not even just they happen to be disrespected. It it's beyond intentional at this point. Like exactly that. Jalen Hurts ranked fourth best quarterback in the playoffs right now. Please, please, please kiss my ass. 
Literally. Okay. I bleeped out and I usually, I am usually really good about it. But at this point I'm so irritated and, and I personally feel so slighted by all of this that I don't even care. And, you know, to just wrap up the, the award standpoint as well, I, Micah Parsons in for defensive player of the year, but not Hassan Raddick. Like, are you, are you out of your gosh darn mind right Dude, now? It- Come back and don't even get me started on comeback player of the year. I'm sorry. Let's yeah. Let's give Geno Smith an award from coming back from being trash and Brandon Graham having the best season of his life at 34 years old, coming off a ruptured Achilles. Okay. I didn't realize the award should, I personally, I just think this award should, it should solely be for coming back from injury. Most improved player is the one that is supposed to be for people who come back from being trash like Geno Smith. Like a, a couple of years ago when Peyton Manning should have won comeback player of the year, coming back from the neck surgeries mm-hmm. and everything, his first season with the Broncos. But instead they gave it to Phillip Rivers, who was literally just coming back off of a terrible year. But you're the comeback player of the year because you were garbage the year before. Oh, I'm sorry. Th- th- that's, a, that's a participation trophy, in my opinion. Like, Dude, same thing with Saquon Barkley. Saquon was my pick at the beginning of the year just because I did expect him to have a big year. But that's it is annoying because if you look up um, what like uh, um, like makes somebody able to win comeback player of the year mm-hmm. with the qualifications for it, there are none. It literally says if you Google like how you get it, it literally just says it's the award that everybody just kind of nominates whoever they think had a great performance. And it's you said it right on like nailed it right on the head with the most improved player. That would make more sense for that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So with all of that. What are your key takeaways from the Giants' performance as well as this aggressive week of disrespect towards the Philadelphia Eagles? We are going to take a break after this. We'll get into our everything with the San Francisco 49ers after this. But just to sort of wrap up this week that we have had celebrating the win against the Giants, being angry at everybody else, what are your key takeaways, Sam? Um, Well, I just want one, our coaches, which I have to imagine that they would, would create a game plan and be as prepared as they were last week. Mm -hmm. Um, And when the 49ers only put up 19 points at home in a playoff game, you got to assume that as much as we hate the Dallas Cowboys, that Gannon's looking at that film of what they were doing to hold that offense because they have weapons too. So um, that is one part of that. But then also this Philly team, I just hope, I love that they have bulletin board material because that always plays like pays out in our favor. And I hope that they just ride this momentum because they truly have so many weapons on this offense, like Jalen being what he is, all of the receiving options that they have with Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, like et cetera. And then you have that running back trio with Ken Gainwell being our literally over a hundred yards rushing last week. And then, um, with Miles Sanders still having close to hundred, like there's just so many parts of this offense that I truly don't know how to stop this offense. And I don't think anybody can completely halt this offense. If Philly doesn't give them a chance to, if Philly doesn't hurt themselves, this offense is very scary going into this week all around. They're very scary. Yeah. We have seen that the only people that can beat the Philadelphia Eagles are the Philadelphia Eagles. Exactly. It's, it, I mean, they, they, they have shown that to us that the, I mean, we, we talk about their, how many losses did they have? Three, three. Yeah. 
the first one, they turned the ball over a bunch of times and just were not playing how we had seen against the the commanders. In Dallas, one, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew turned the ball over four times and still almost still <laughs> put up 34 points and almost And won. it was Gardner Minshew. It was a Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. And then the Saints, I mean, they couldn't get anything going there and and again but it's everyone right like it was the mm-hmm. play we talked about the play calling yep. in there as well like there were a lot of different factors but again it was them beating themselves so I totally agree with you like they did what they needed to do get in dominate get out healthy yep and and the good news is like they get the extra day of rest like because they played on Saturday mm-hmm. so you know it they just need to do what they, they, they did what they needed to do. They need to continue to do what they need to do. And that's, what's going to be their biggest yeah. recipe for success. I agree. And that was my takeaway. We saw them play a near perfect game against the giants, mm-hmm. like very, very close to perfect. And we saw the outcome. So uh, granted, Sam Fran, we'll get into it much better team than the giants. So it's not going to be that easy, but we saw how dominant Philly can be is the point. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will break down everything about the upcoming matchup with the 49ers. Getting excited for the NFC Championship game. You are listening to episode 100 of Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into episode number 100 of Babes on Broad. Yes, we got everything out of the way with our 100th episode. We covered last week. Now, this is we where... Everything you, over the last four years. Yeah, everything over the last four years. Summed it up in 30 minutes. Fantastic. But now is when we get into the fun part. And even as I am, was like in my head right there, like about to say this, I felt my chest tightening because this is 
going to be so much fun Sunday, but it is not going to be a fun game to watch if you are a fan, I believe, just because of the fact that you love to see, if you're a football fan, you love to see this because it truly is the best team, the best two teams in the NFC in the spot that they should be in right now. So that is amazing. But as a Philly fan, you got to be a little nervous, right? Because San Fran is scary. See, it's so funny because, like, their defense is scary. And I understand how they have weapons. But I, I'm going to get bleeped out again and I don't care. <laughs> I truly, truly, truly believe with every fiber of my being that Brock Purdy is going to shit his pants when he walks out there and sees and hears Brandon Graham, not just sees, also hears everything that Brandon Graham has to say to him. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Josh Sweat. And you might as well throw in a Jordan Davis and a Milton Williams and anybody else that the defense throws out there. Oh, and let's not even forget about Hassan Reddick, who has 17 sacks as a whole on the air, including playoffs. And also, you know, however many thousand just bloodthirsty rabid Eagles fans screaming and cursing him out. I don't think he is prepared for anything that he is. You were the one one that sent me the clip of him literally in his press conference, him as in Purdy, literally in his press conference saying when he was asked about playing in Philadelphia and he's like, ah, like kind of played it off. And he's like, it's loud here. I don't think it's going to make a difference. And it's like, sir, you are lying through your freaking teeth because everybody, everybody, doesn't matter what fan you are, who you play for, everybody will tell you that Philly is hard to play in. I mean, they were talking about last, the linemen were talking about it last week. The offense had to go, their own offense, the home offense had to go silent count because Eagles fans are just out of their out of there. And you think the NFC championship at home is going to be not the craziest atmosphere ever? <laughs> I mean, it is, it was insanely loud there last week. It was I'm it, pumped, dude. I'm like, I got my excited hands going. So, so like, here, here's the thing. The Eagles are the more complete team, right? Like the defense, both defenses are really good. Both yep. have significant weapons on offense. The X factor is going to be the team that has an MVP finalist under center. And this is, I I feel like Jalen Hurts lives for these moments. And this is his time right now that, you know, he's our MVP. We saw what we don't have without him. If If he goes out there and does what we know he's capable of, there's no doubt in my mind that they win this game. Jess, I actually, I agree with you. And I don't want to, I'm not going into this cocky because literally anything could happen. If Philly has a lot of momentum, but makes one mistake, that could be the game changer. So there is absolutely no room to get cocky or sleep for anybody on either side. But just rationally looking at both sides of these teams, Sam Fran on paper is the top defense in the league. And they are very scary. Rushing defense, their front of their defense is scary and everybody knows that. But also when you say that 
our offensive line is one of the best, if not the best in the league as well. So that matchup right there is very balanced. Then looking at the other aspect of it, of their defense, their weakest part of their defense is their secondary. Their passing defense is not that great. So looking at that compared to Jalen Hurts, an MVP caliber quarterback, like you said, and all of the weapons that we mentioned in the first part, that literally it's impossible to stop all of those at one on one play. There is a major hole there, and there's a, a major opportunity for Philly to be able to score points. Flipping it over on the other side, they have Brock Purdy against our defense, a very inexperienced guy. Don't get me wrong, Jalen Hurts doesn't have that much experience either, but he does have that just natural leadership and the natural just, I don't even know what to call it, just like control and wherewithal and leadership. Gen like, you know what I mean? And that, I agree with you 100%. That is the difference because looking at this offense, both have major weapons that could go off and you have to be nervous about. Yeah. But yeah. – our, our, and then looking at our defense to go against that too, they can get through to Brock Purdy and that's going to be a major difference. And our passing game is, or like passing defense is a lot better than theirs. So it's not going to be that easy. One thing I thought was interesting, um, and we saw it a little bit last week, they did control Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys, but they did give up a touchdown to him. They have, or they are allowing over a hundred passer rating to tight ends this year. Whereas, yeah, so Dallas Goddard, wink, wink. Whereas the Eagles are given about an 80 passer rating to tight ends. So right there is a major factor of this game too, because both teams have such great tight ends. And that's a big part of, well, not even, it's a big part of Sam Fran's offense. But with the Eagles, they have such a big factor tight end and he's not even the scariest part. So I agree with you. Both teams are very, very, very stacked, but there are holes and opportunities here for Philly. Yep. The other thing for them is with their, their defense, there's two things. There's one is they have some of the best linebackers and most versatile linebackers in the NFL. So that is always something to keep an eye. I mean, you saw yeah. Fred Warner just, I mean, just. He's the best. He's the last. best in the league. Yeah. So That's his position. Right. So that is obviously something to keep an eye on. Yes. Yes. Um, the other part is what, you know, you and I talked about a little bit before we, before we started recording, you know, Nick Bosa is probably going to be the defensive player of the year as he should 18 and a half sacks is a tremendous season. However, no one else on that line is even close. Hassan Reddick is leading the Eagles. He you know had six, 16 in the regular season, right? And yeah, in the regular 17 and a half now with playoffs, but he had 16 in the regular season and they still have three other guys in with double digit sacks, three so, other guys with double digits and five other guys with over seven. And I think what it's, they have, it's 18 and a half for Nick Bosa. And then the rest, I think it, the next highest is seven. And yeah. I think a couple of them have seven, but like the Eagles have, Hassan Reddick with 16, Brandon Graham had 11, Josh Sweat had at least 10. Who am I missing? Javon Hargrave had 10. Yeah. And then and Brandon Graham had 11. Did you say that? Yeah, yeah I think I started there. Okay. But, but either, like, come and on. Just, just to go along with that too, don't get me wrong. Obviously, 
um, the stats watching, they have a fantastic defense, but that is one thing that I think is being underlooked like sacks. Why this was one of the best teams or defenses since the 85 bears. And I'm talking about the Eagles defense. Like that is absolutely iconic. They had 70 sacks combined as a defense. I don't even know who is in second, but the second place team had 15 fewer sacks total. Like that's how dominant this team is. And going against a quarterback like Brock Purdy, if they get one hit on him early, he's shook. He should be shook going into it, but especially once they get that first hit on him. And oh, dude, I cannot wait. I just can't wait. Because yeah. that is good, that's gonna be a huge factor. And you know that they're thinking that in their head. They're coming out of here like literally dogs coming out with like the saliva trying to attack you. Rapid dogs. Rapid dogs. Rapid that's dogs. what I mean. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Sean Reddick had 16, Javon Hargrave had 11, Brandon Graham had 11, Josh Sweat had 11, and Fletcher Cox had seven. Milton Williams decided he was going to throw four in there as well. I mean, I just, I, I think that the, the, X fa- the two keys here and the what is, could change this game, all other things equal, what could change this game and tip it one way or another is the fact that the Eagles have a complete defensive line that is able to go in there and shake a an inexperienced rookie quarterback to his core yeah the eagles have a proven leader with which we i mean we've talked about all these intangibles that jalen hurts has right like so calm cool and collected and is laser focused against a defense that it's just like yeah, they've got they've got a lot of components. They've got a lot of pieces that can hurt you. But if you can neutralize this one guy, I trust Jalen Hurts to do the rest. Yes, and I am a hundred cocky. You can't you you said it perfectly. No. Can't be cocky. But I have every bit of confidence in this roster and this team to absolutely do what they need to do and be successful. Yes, I a hundred percent agree because, like you said. Biggest factor is we have an MVP caliber quarterback going against their rookie quarterback. That is the biggest factor. But then just the even match everywhere else. And their one other area of weakness is their passing defense, which is going to hurt them against an Eagles offense that has so many weapons. And I think that's huge. I will say, obviously, one thing that we haven't talked about is the – the up and down that our defense has had against the run this year. They haven't been the best all season long. um, And that could hurt them as well. Just playing devil's advocate against this offense because they have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, that's a dual threat. They have Elijah Mitchell. So they do have weapons on that fact too. Um, I just truly believe in a home setting like Philadelphia that this, and with a solid game plan that this defense as a whole will take care of everything they need to. And I truly believe that this team in this atmosphere again, and at this, in this state on this stage, I should say um, it's theirs for the taking. They just cannot beat themselves. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. So with that, Sam, what are your, just to sum up, what are your keys to success and final score prediction for Sunday? 
Yeah, so I just think that the Eagles, they the Eagles defense needs to lock down in the secondary and stop that run. I like I said though, I do think that can happen in this atmosphere and with a solid game plan, which I'm expecting, obviously. Um, shut down George Kittle because he's one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, and he's always a big component and he always he can bully uh, and get yards after catch. So shut him down and hit Brock Purdy. You need that. Both teams are stacked, like we've been saying, like absolutely stacked, obviously, both the best teams in the NFC. Um, top defenses, top offenses, multiple weapons, great coaches. But I think this comes down to what we've been saying. We have the home field advantage on this stage with the better quarterback and everything else basically crossing each other out because they're even. So the Eagles, as long as they don't beat themselves – they walk away with this. I am, my only thing is, so I'm trying to look up the spread. The spread's still at Eagles giving two and a half. I don't know if they cover that. I think this is going to be a close-ish game. Well, a close game. And I think it's going to be in the 20s. I don't know if, I'm going to stick with my original thing. 24-23 Eagles. That I just, just, huh? That will kill me. I don't know if yeah. I make through that game with a score like that alive. I know. Well, that's why even just thinking about when we were talking about this, Jess, I got the anxiety in my heart. I will say when I was on with uh, John Ritchie earlier, he said 27-22 Eagles, and I like the idea of that a lot more, and I almost stole it because I like that so much. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just scared. I'm going 24-23. <laughs> I We'll have a pro- we'll have a- we will have an anxiety. Pro- I know I'm already so nervous. But what are your takeaways in your score? I think my key takeaways have been I think every time we've really focused on this topic, I think I've said the same thing. And I think the biggest thing for the Eagles is going to be winning in the trenches. I think that's going to be what allows Jalen Hurts to be Jalen Hurts. What keeps him not you know, making poor decisions, turning the ball yeah. over, which he hasn't really knock on everything made. <laughs> his decision-making this year has been actually really amazing. Um, but I also think that the, the defense being able to get home on Brock Purdy, if you, if you hit Brock Purdy and make him uncomfortable enough, the, I, he's a rookie talking about the same Dallas defense that led up 34 points to Gardner Minshew. Okay. 34 points to Gardner Minshew. That's why I said Gannon needs to like, I think that's being underlooked. The fact that they only scored 19 at home in a yeah. playoff game. That's being underlooked. If they shake Brock Purdy to his core, this, the, and play the game they're supposed to play, that is, that is my key. Hit Brock Purdy, play a clean game, you're going to the Super Bowl. That's, it's, it's that simple. I can't they just have to do it. They just have to execute it. It needs to happen. Please, Lord, please. I am going. I, I, again, I don't think it's going to be a blowout like last week. I don't think it's going to be as close as you think it is, but I'm going, I'm going 27, 17. Oh, I would absolutely love something like that. Please don't stress me out. Please. I, I did forget to mention though. I do think. Just because, like, when I was evaluating and everything, Dallas Goddard, purely because of the success that tight ends have had against this defense, Dallas Goddard's an interesting key factor in this game to watch, I think. And 
my number one key to watch, A.J. Brown. He didn't have the best week last week. He played his role, but he didn't get that stardom that he normally likes as a wide receiver one. And we've seen that happen twice this week. And his performances after that, he went freaking off. So on a stage like this, and with that, like being the situation, I like A.J. Brown in this game. I'm excited. I know, dude. I'm literally pumped. I work at Fox Saturday night, so I won't even get home probably until midnight on Saturday. But you best believe when my clock or alarm clock goes off at like 7 a.m., I'm going to be like, Doo! I'll probably wake up before my alarm clock because I'm already that pumped. Ruby's going to wear her Devontae Smith jersey to daycare tomorrow. So oh. we're, we're ready to go. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Well, we're going to close with that. Just being pumped. Thank you so much for listening to episode 100 of Babes on Broad. Once again, thank you for all of the continued support listening to us through the last four years. We really do appreciate it so much. And don't forget about the giveaway that it's live on our Instagram right now. Make sure you go check that out. Giving away a beanie as well as a t-shirt. And the t-shirt will be whoever wins. You'll get to tell us what size. So it's not just yeah. It's a custom order. So you just let us know. It'll be great. As always, thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation for hosting us for the last four years and being so wonderful. We will be back next week, regardless, to recap whatever happens on Sunday. But until then, thank you again for listening to episode 100 and go birds. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.